0: Activators, and welcome back to another episode of the Activated, all This podcast with myself, <laughs> Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single week is
1: it's me, Sam Frost. Hello. There
0: you go. The reason we're giggling is uh, I did a thing for the YouTubers, and I'm not going to say any more than that. So, if you want to hop over, <laughs> and see what I did, it will largely be underwhelming if you're making oh, me yeah. to hop off of whatever device you're listening to to type in <laughs> to be holders on YouTube just to see what I did, but. I feel like now I've said that, that's probably sparkled even more curiosity. So Maybe,
1: we'll see. Are. Yes. Sam, you can't pump- better go up. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a pumpkin <laughs> on your mug? I do have a pumpkin on my mug. It's a you know problem. this. We've got, well, I was going to say matching mugs, but we don't have matching mugs because that's, no. Um, But we've both got pumpkin mugs and I'm just gently fingering this pumpkin's eye for some reason. Um. <laughs> I think, and mm. it's quite an optimistic thought. Yeah. One day
0: we will avoid some form of innuendo within the first 30 seconds of this show. Um
1: Dad, you've met me right.
0: <laughs> once.
1: <gasps> Shudders.
0: <Ooh. laughs> oh How's your God. week been, Sam?
1: Well, it was fine as in if we're talking about this week as in it's monday today last week was fucking horrendous yeah it was horrible Mm -hmm. like it you know those days where like tiny little things keep going wrong Mm -hmm. and so by the end of the day like you've been worn down by the 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 leaky tap of life (laughs) yeah yeah Last week wasn't like that. Last week, just massive fucking shitstorms hit most days.
0: Just getting waterboarded by Sprite.
1: Sprite. Sprite. Not sponsored or affiliated with Sprite or the Coca-Cola company.
0: I'll put uh, a link in the show notes. <laughs>
1: um, <clears throat> I had a horrendous mental health day. Like... um. I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to like accidentally trigger anybody, but um, I had a little accident and it fully like flared my um, old demons. um, And I really struggled. Um, That day was really, really difficult. I had to hide knives from myself. Thankfully you were um, with me last week. Mm -hmm. um, And so one of the things that i have taught myself to do in those kind of situations is the second i feel like i'm either unsafe or i want to do something i text dan and i also text rob um i might text my sister if i feel like she's in a place to to handle it as well because the minute i tell people about it it takes away the secrecy of it which is for me a big part of of it I don't mm. want people to know um so that way it it kind of removes any way of hiding it um so that's one of my coping mechanisms for that um, and also
0: just not to kind of um take away from that but also just a great lesson in like a lot of stuff like mm-hmm. when I stopped hiding things in the past even just small little secrets and things and you become more honest with yourself and those around you you find that <clears throat> It's easier to find people that actually accept who you are, which therefore strengthens yourself as a person.
1: Yeah, that can be applied it, to
0: like lots of things.
1: It's like Brene Brown says about shame: like shame can only survive in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harry
0: V calls it poison. Yeah. Every lie that you tell is a poison inside you that just festers and hurts you.
1: Yeah. So, I um, now I wasn't originally, but I'm now in the fortunate place that I have a very small but like rock solid in a circle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I alerted the media, uh, meaning you and Rob, um, about what was going on. And that kind of, it kept me safe during the day, even when, you know, I I wasn't good. And then the following day I found out, um, and I'm not going to, because I don't want to make it about me, so I'm not going to say who, but I found out that... um, a friend of mine had passed away um, the week before, and that literally like knocked me on my ass. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were younger than me, for one, um, and just I I wasn't like it. It you know we always think we've got more time. All all of the you know cliches, but it really like I i don't know how to explain what happened to me when that news hit mm-hmm. um and yeah it was really fucking difficult and it kind of really skewed um my ability to kind of do anything or see anything for the rest of the week and you know then there were then there were the other more kind of um the smaller shitstorms, you know, being a parent and having to navigate a teenage boy and all of that kind of stuff. But those two things really, like, my week, it was It was not great, actually. Turbulent. Yeah, that was a really long answer. I'm so sorry. How was your week?
0: The opposite of taciturn. Um, <laughs> we'll come on to why that's relevant in a minute. Um, yeah, my week. I mean... <sighs> I don't know, like, it's all over the place at the minute, but, like, in some, in positive ways, like, I'm still very much in the midst of, like, a lot of personal stuff, um, Mm. which is, uh... Bullshit. It's bullshit, it's draining, it is currently what it is, Mm -hmm. but the thing that I'm, sort of, most proud of is that I am continuing to try and do the things to put me in the best headspace that i possibly can mm-hmm. um and so for example like yesterday was just i'm just going to be a slob all day you know yeah. and i did and it was one of those where like for people that are unaware i'm currently living back with my parents because of some of this personal situation and it's really difficult when you're 32 to just slob in bed and just chill all day because you mm-hmm. have your parents appear in the doorway yeah. are you okay <laughs> oh can you gonna get up at some point today all those kind of things and like i mean yeah. to like explain i'm an adult I need this. I've been busy all week. And just because this is what you're seeing of me doesn't mean that this is how I am all the time. Like sometimes you just need those days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, absolutely. You need those yeah. Days.
0: And so I watched uh, a lot of TV. I played a lot of video games and things, but um, I'm also doing a lot of exercise and wellbeing stuff at the minute. So as mentioned last week, I'm working again with uh, my sister from Food Freedom with Becca. Um, That's the show notes, but she's a yeah. qualified nutritionist and she does a lot of uh, stuff to help people
1: I mean, she's awesome. awesome she's awesome. As someone that it isn't my sister, yeah. um, like I've worked with her, and like there is nothing. Like she's just compassion is mm-hmm. is the best way for me to describe. Like compassion, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> rude but true. She is you, but yeah. a, a petite ginger version. Yeah, and you know, a lady.
0: Yeah. And she, she is fantastic. And, you know, a, a big chunk of what she does, um, not surprisingly is mindset around mm-hmm. food and nutrition and this whole label of like good foods and bad foods. And the whole purpose of freedom, food freedom is understanding that you can lose weight. You can reach the goals while still enjoying the things that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so much of well, everything we know, this is mindset. Um, but yeah, I'm working, I'm working with her and <laughs> some, some pieces to to help my nutrition I am running uh, somewhat regularly and building that up again, which is nice on my part. I did a run this morning that was mentally difficult, but as always, you feel good when you reach the end of it. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a weird space in which I'm kind of got a lot of things that I'm working on, but I'm not putting pressure on mm-hmm. deadlines. I'm just enjoying the process of stuff. So that I have about gorgeous. Yeah, I have about three or four. Different books and different stages on the go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and I'm enjoying it. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at at the minute. It's positive. I've got some things um that I'll be announcing soon that'll be coming out through activated authors, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um and I do want to say just for the people because in we've got we've got loads of people in this activated yeah, we this do. now. It's amazing. If you're not yet part of it and you're listening to this podcast and you enjoyed this podcast and you want to see more of me and Sam, but also just find a compassionate group of loads of different authors who get the Activated Authors message and have joined us for that very purpose. Um, You can jump into our Discord absolutely free. There's a whole list of channels for different things to help you with the different stages of the author business. Um, But I do just want to say as well, for the people that are in the uh, Plus membership in which they get like live weekly writing sprints and all this extra stuff, um, just a thank you for your patience with me so far. Um, I still have an indefinite... (laughs) at this point amount of time to sort out uh the things that are personal but I will say they potentially involve court and stuff which kind of shows the heaviness of what's currently happening yes yeah, yeah um but just thank you for your patience and for the well wishes and for people who are reaching out and just kind of checking in like I do really really appreciate it um and I definitely haven't forgotten about you guys like I do silently check into the discord every day just to see what's going on um and you guys rock so yeah big thank you for that um Outside of that stuff, in terms of activated office business, I've got a list of stuff. Uh, Oh,
1: hold. Oh,
0: don't do the new thing yet, because that's later.
1: That's not what I was going to do. Okay. (laughs) Not what I was going to do. I didn't realise you were moving on. So just before you do.
0: Oh, no, she cleared her throat for this.
1: Yeah, I did. I just want to say, as someone that has had the privilege of knowing you for coming on three years now, (laughs) that i am really proud of like how far you have come in in the sense of looking after yourself Hmm. i know it was a difficult time obviously when when i first got to know you because it was the pandemic like nothing was normal nothing no one knew how to look after themselves in that fucking situation yeah Hmm. (laughs) not covid um But, like, just seeing that kind of journey you've been going on of peeling back and then, you know, trying to reestablish some equilibrium and then, like, the pendulum swinging a little bit too far one way or the other and constantly keep going, I'm just incredibly proud of you. And, you know, with all of this nutrition and exercise stuff at the moment and mindset, I'm insanely proud of you as well because I know how difficult it is when you've been out of something to get back into it. Mm -hmm. Especially for some reason, food and exercise, we really do seem to like have a block in our minds. And just also one last thing, just the integrity that you have like held yourself with during all of this shit. Mm. I'm super proud of you. Yeah.
0: It's a fun ride guys. And I really wish that I could say more. Um, Yeah. We'll leave leave it at that for this week because I could (laughs) go on endlessly about a lot of stuff, but I'll, I'll, (laughs) turn and become maybe a bit more taciturn
1: um so, oh, <laughs>
0: so uh, just a couple of extra things um that i've got down here to note is uh just a reminder that there are a bunch of free resources for you guys on activatedauthors.com so up on the top of the website you can click free resources and uh mm-hmm. we've got the activated authors matrix we have a self-publishing checklist um and that'll be growing as the months go by with some extra free stuff got some stuff in the works at the minute um, also a few more activated authors books are on their way which is quite exciting so uh, yeah. I'm working on one at the minute and I'm done with secrets I'm working on one <laughs> at the minute which is all about how to write a book um, I've got one coming up all about marketing books um, mm-hmm. and I'll keep you posted as they come and then uh, we're still working through flash fiction
1: <laughs> anthology submissions there's so many
0: yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest, they wouldn't have taken as long as they are if life hadn't intervened over the last few months. So, again.
1: Oh, well, but like how? I know. You've been know. fine and I've been so well.
0: Yeah. So, again, thank you for your patience with that. And um, We are rolling through them. i uh, hoping to have a lot of that wrapped up in the next sort of month or so. Yeah. Um, so keep an eye out on your inboxes for that stuff as we start to digest them and put them into some kind of working order for the Box of Fiction anthology. Mm hmm. Um, and then the the last thing I'll say as well, because I realize it's quite a long in- intro. Um, today, I will be uploading to the Amazon dashboard my first book in quite a while, which I'm very excited for. Uh, it's the fiction book. It is the uh, written version of the dream audio story that's coming out on Yay. the podcast. Um, but the book will also be released on Halloween as well. So I'm quite excited to get back to the dashboard and, and post something up on there.
1: That's really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the paper back in its full glory. Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. um, Hey, so I've nattered on plenty. What's something you've enjoyed this week?
1: So, two things. One is very brief and one is, like, more substantial. Um. So what I am currently enjoying is the fact that slowly and steadily, like the waves coming in on the beach, autumn is arriving.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And I, like, I am a northerner, so I am not made for heat. I enjoy looking at pictures of the sun, as in what the sun does to the earth. It's weird that, uh, well, I mean, maybe some people like looking at gas giants. Um, and I like looking out of the window when it's sunny and mean, like, oh, the world looks nice. I don't like being in it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I am a... Autumn, winter, and a push spring. As long as spring isn't now taking what summer used to be, because... So I'm very much looking forward to being able to get cosy again and hear people moan about how cold it is and wondering why I'm not wearing my big coat. And that's because I'm northern. Uh (laughs) It takes more than an eight-degree day for me to wear a big coat. Uh, So that's that I'm very much enjoying. And also, I'm... I'm really enjoying listening to, um, I guess, podcasts. Um, <clears throat> I don't, it's weird. I have a very definite idea of what a podcast is in my head. So like, yeah, Um, I'm very much enjoying listening to things that I have no vested interest in learning about in the sense of like, I'm not researching anything. I'm not like, Anything like that. So I, I've been listening to a lot of John Ronson because I love that man so much. Ron Johnson. John Ronson. Ronson. No, <laughs> <laughs> people, very, very, very different people. Um, and for anyone that's not heard of John Ronson, he is an invest an investigative journalist and author. Um, he wrote The Men That Stare at Goats, the book that got turned into the film with George Clooney, The Psychopath Test, Um, Them a, Adventures with Extremists, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, John Ronson Lost at Sea. Um, and then there's loads of like smaller. So he has a um a podcast series. Um The reason I, I find it weird because in my head, a podcast is like someone hosting and talking about stuff, but it's almost like it's it's a documentary yeah um where it's called the butterfly effect and the first season is all about the porn industry and how um the guy that founded Pornhub essentially disrupted and fucked a lot of people ironically um out of like a lot of you know um it was just Spotify
0: clapping cheeks (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um and and how it's like really like damaged a lot of people <laughs> so sorry dan's cut. i'm not <laughs> happy with that just well th- i was about it's to say it, it. saved him, but that's not on me this week mm-hmm. um so he takes one like small kind of decision or move and then like basically just tracks the ripples the effects of it like yeah far far reaching um so I listened I listened to um, a lot of stuff from him. And then once I finished all of um, my library, all the free stuff, because I don't have any credits currently on Audible, um, I was started listening to Stephen Fry's uh, Victorian Secrets. And then I finished that and I am listening to uh, Stephen Fry's um, The Roaring 20 Secrets. I didn't realise there was an Edwardian Secrets. I've done it out of order and I'm a little bit annoyed at myself, but I shall be listening to that. So I have been just enjoying learning about stuff for no reason other than learning about it. That's
0: why well, I love doing. that. I yeah. love that. And I apologize for I may have offended with my comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do see that one day on a t shirt. It's <laughs> something I've enjoyed. I was um,
1: just about to ask.
0: I, I'm going to keep it short just because I've kind of covered some of this anyway. But running, Ooh. like, do I enjoy it when it's happening? Sometimes. <laughs> like, I will say the running routes near yours are considerably better than the running routes here, because mm-hmm. where you are, there's like hills and forest and field. And when one thing that I find, especially when I'm running, is it's really nice not to see how far you have to go. Yeah. Where I live at the minute is right in the flatlands. And you can see. It for really is. So I can actually like leave the village and go, there's where I'm going and see three miles out. And that is. Demoralizing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mm -hmm. when you're running you're just like oh yeah i can just see to the end of this street and then i'm turning left and then i'm doing whatever like there's something mentally about like these tiny little checkpoints where Mm -hmm. it's like here it's like begin your your workout (sighs) um but now i'm enjoying that and like i'm kind of mixing it up with other exercises as well just to like increase what it's doing because i really want to prepare my body for some bigger runs and things soon Uh, i've got some cool ideas for some of those um and then the other thing, I've been playing around and building a lot of websites the last week, um, and speaking to some authors that people will know mm-hmm. that I will not say until obviously I've got permission and the websites are done. Um, but yeah, it's nice to not only like find a thing that I'm enjoying that I feel like I'm good at, but also something that offers value to other people as well in quite a big way. Yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my things. And now we're introducing a new segment.
1: Bow, bow, bow.
0: Dan, this was your idea. What's this new segment and why?
1: It's called Word of the Week. Word of the Week. Right. This came from the fact <laughs> that last week, uh, Dan came home one day and he was like, I, <laughs> I've i got a word and I want to fit it effortlessly and naturally into a sentence. And that word is taciturn, which is why I've been groaning every time he's freaking said it during the podcast. <laughs> And then he proceeded to, without any kind of segue or organic nature involved, just keep saying it, often in a situation that made no fucking sense. <laughs> and it caused... You know, it's how
0: taciturn I'm being right now.
1: <laughs> you're not be- You're smiling. You are not being taciturn.
0: <laughs> taciturn to mean uncommunicative or morose.
1: Yeah so the fact that you said to me do you know how to turn to me right now
0: <laughs> in itself
1: is ridiculous but i'm anyway. learning, I'm learning. <laughs> but it it caused uh, much hilarity and um amusement so i thought it would be really cool if each week we take it in turns and we find a word that we, we've not heard of before um or that we've heard of and we pretended we know what it means and and we didn't um and we challenge the other person to try to use good luck with this one. I cannot imagine you slipping this in organically in Not any conversation. <laughs> no. Um, and for them to report back the following week to see how they did. And also, I thought it would be fun, um, as we don't really have that many kind of like interactive, challenging things, at least at the moment, that if, if you, dear listener or viewer, uh, wished to also take part in this little weekly challenge and then pop us a line on Instagram or on like the comments on the podcast and tell us how you did uh, because I think it's going to be quite amusing it's very educational but also trying to find a natural and organic way to say titty nope is going to be difficult not titty nope titty nope and so titty nope is derived from the word um, tittle, which used to mean little. So it's not actually a rude word. Titty note is a small quantity of something left over, specifically food or drink. So, for example, oh God, I can't finish my dinner. There's a titty note left of mash. Mm. <laughs> There's a titty <laughs> note of mash. I just couldn't. Titty note of mash? Deep. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. I finished my mash first. I
0: mean, Luna is a titty note Hoover.
1: <laughs> she is. She is. That doesn't count um it has to be <laughs> no it can't be with me that was a good practice
0: oh okay titty nope
1: titty nope spelt t-i-t-t-y-n-o-p-e titty nope
0: as you'd expect a titty nope to uh <laughs> present itself
1: oh i'm looking through and i was like that one
0: oh okay titty nope right gotcha Challenge accepted. And interestingly, because um, we are recording this quite late in the week, that leaves us only a few days to try and make this happen between yeah. myself and you. But obviously, for people listening on the podcast, you all have said titty nope by <laughs> next Monday. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, straight from that, uh, we've got a titty nope of wins from the community. Um, <laughs> it doesn't it's ca- a I know tiny
1: that. amount of wins.
0: Yeah. But I, I picked a few out because... Um, it's because not a
1: titty nope. Not, you
0: know, no, 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 because there's there's a bit of a theme, obviously, with some of the stuff that uh, you've spoken about with your week last week, uh, things that are going on with myself. One thing that I'm incredibly incredibly proud of is um, activated authors. When we each week we post up a chance for everyone to share their wins from the week. Emmy MEB does an amazing job every week of making sure that people are sharing and shouting about the wonderful things that they're doing. Because I don't think we ever really take enough time to reward ourselves for the good things, big or small. Agreed. One thing I love, and this isn't to knock other writing groups, but in other writing groups, I will see people immediately jump to word counts and to productivity and that kind of stuff, which is obviously yeah. you know important. It has its place, um, but it's something that we kind of crushed out quite early on in our <laughs> boot camps because yeah. we would ask in those sprints how people have gotten on, and immediately the answer would be, "I've I'm done 187 words." words. I'm like, "Yeah, but how are you?" <laughs> uh-huh. Because, you know, it's it's more about just the writing. And so uh, this week I picked a few because it's the, the theme is basically self-care and people who are recognizing that they need to take that time to be productive. And so uh, we got one from Emma Rose, who says after a very busy time for the past two weeks leading up to the podcast release, because by the way, if you haven't checked out Emma on uh, The Rebel Author, do go check that out. She uh, yeah. does a wonderful job of talking about romance editing and all the things with the wonderful Sasha Black um so uh emma i spent my saturday doing nothing and it was glorious
1: love it
0: uh, kids my win is self care because i really focused on not doing much and just getting a little bit done here and there oh and then ara after a few weeks of low spurts from anxiety i managed a weekly exercise goal
1: i love that so much
0: mm-hmm. and there's plenty more of those but just to sort yeah.
1: because like the thing is i think people underestimate what that does to productivity so like if you are someone that is like laser focused on being as productive as you possibly can be you cannot be that without mm-hmm. breaks like there's a there's a quote i'm sure i've said it before i'm well butchered it before i'm about you to will do it not there book. is no try uh, no that's yoda um <laughs> <laughs> you did good. no it's um in music as in life um it is the pauses that make the piece. Something like that. Uh, so basically, like, without the breaks, without the pauses, without the, like, you know, the lingering note, there, there, there's there's no music. It's just one long, obnoxious fucking, like, assault as is life if you don't take <laughs> the pauses and the breaks that you need.
0: Uh, the pause is important as notes?
1: No, nope. that's not it
0: no that's truman fisher for, for people interested uh play the moments <laughs> pause the memory stop the pain rewind the happiness what
1: no are you trying to find this quote <laughs> yeah uh, the
0: notes i hand on no they better than many pianists but the pauses between the notes that's where the art resides no no oh well you can find it and send it over we'll put it in the show notes but yeah it's, it's maybe a point. and i will say that the last few weeks or the last couple of months um in which i really have dropped a lot of things so i can focus on the personal stuff and focused as well on health things i've weirdly been considerably more productive than i have Mm. for the last like year um and i'm not putting pressure on that as like a part of the process i'm just enjoying it as it comes doing the things and but yeah um proud of you guys keep it up i love that you're sharing the things outside of the writing as well again Mm. not to shame anyone that is sharing the writing stuff because that's also no yeah um and also a very uh quick hello i want to shout out to one of our new listeners and someone that dropped into activated authors just because they've been very very active on the uh, discord community and i just want to say hi hey lj who writes witchy cozy mystery and is working on the first book hello from dan and sam hi lj <laughs> <laughs> and so now into this week's question and the question isn't so much of a question it's more well, a
1: statement really in it
0: but you could turn it into a question um and I I because it's my my turn this week, I wanted to basically discuss something that is incredibly powerful, but something that I know intimidates quite a lot of people. Um, and that is harnessing the power of feedback. And so one thing that a lot of people struggle with when they're writing is trying to work out did they done good? (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this kind of goes for every stage, but I will I will focus for a minute on people who are potentially new writers who haven't shared anything yet with their readers who have just don't they're just closeted in the cupboards with the little typewriters underneath a flaming wicker candle and they're trying what to <laughs> <laughs> look
1: they're underneath the candle. Got they're, you. I yeah, it's, it's, it's dripping wax on their heads. No.
0: No. Um but for these people specifically who are terrified of sharing their work because they haven't shared it before they want to write they, they have this burning need to write but then they get to a point now where they're like i don't know if what i'm writing is good
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i think it's one of those things that is well like like anything it's a mindset thing and it really is um but there's also a huge amount of emotional vulnerability that goes into sharing your first works um yeah. And without getting hugely in depth on this side of it, it does come back again. I think to like the school system and to the whole like notion of you can or you can't do something. Yeah. Um. And the fixed mindset that that gives us when we start writing, because like you know every writer who is currently writing stuff has been there, has gotten to a point in which they've gone like it hurts more not to write than it does to write. And so you get to the page, you write something, and it's probably going to be bad because, you know, it's it's the first time you've written something. And when you've been writing, because I know quite a few people that have been writing for like a few years and they've never shared their work with people, which I'll, I'll caveat and say, if that's how you want to work, then fine. If you're not interested in showing your um, work to other people, then don't worry about it. But for those people that want to improve and get better and write things that people really, really love, you have to be able to embrace feedback. And feedback in its simplest form is information. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the danger is tying up emotion, emotionality to what you're getting back. And it really is about switching a uh, switch in your brain so that you can harden yourself to that. And there's a reason that people say thick skin, but I don't think it's thick skin. I just think it's a, a focused mind. Mm-hmm. And so how I view feedback, especially nowadays, is as I say, information, if I've sent my thing to someone, and they've said, you know, I really enjoyed this, this I didn't like, this doesn't work, blah, 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 blah. I really try to remove myself from that, because I know that what they're telling me, even if it seems negative, is useful. Yeah. And it is something that I can take on board, process, and it's a piece of information I wouldn't have been able to have myself just from sitting quietly in a room. Agreed. Um, I have a few different angles to come at this up. but I'm going to stop there for a minute and open this up to you to.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I completely agree with what you just said. Um, it's, I think fear of feedback comes from a few different places, um, especially if, like you say, you're, you are you know, you're starting and you've you've not really shared your work with anyone before. Um, there's a romance to writing. hmm there really is like there's a romance in the idea of writing and there is a romance on those days when you write like, you know, the universe is whispering in your ear and you get in the flow and and you're going now, obviously most days are not like that. And it can be like, you know, pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, when it's just yours, it's like the beginning of a relationship. You're in this tiny little bubble and it's beautiful and it's exciting. It's kind of sexy and like, you know, you're, you love it. It's, it's, it's your thing. It's just, it's between your brain and the page and like, it's amazing. And the second you mention to other people that you're doing it, um, that can one or two things, either the bubble gets cosier because everyone's like, Oh, you clever. Or like, you know, it starts to be that you and, and that can interfere with it. But when you give someone your work, that bubble doesn't just pop it in like, it evaporates mm-hmm. and suddenly you are thrust into a much colder place that isn't as sexy and as fun anymore because, you know, even just waiting for that feedback can be extremely stressful. Um So I would say don't beat yourself up about the fact that, you know, you want to stay in your little sexy bubble. Who wouldn't? Um <laughs> <laughs> But feedback is essential for anything i think you know you when you cook for your family or a Mm -hmm. partner or whoever and you give them the food like you want to hear that it's nice but if like one of them says oh god there's a bit too much salt in it you know next time don't put as much salt in and it's going to get better Mm -hmm. um unless you're my sister in which case she has the best fucking line uh, she's like i hope you enjoy it but i don't need to hear about it if you don't which i love I mean, because she puts her family every single day like ability absolved yeah and she has a full-time job you're like no i'm good yeah um but when it comes to like
0: the feedback is in the titty notes
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that yes that's going on a t-shirt mm-hmm. um but yeah it is essential and it is difficult but i think I think we're all better at taking feedback than we think we are because you have not got to the point you are in your life without hearing criticism Mm -hmm. or compliments. Um,
0: Whether correctly delivered or not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like no matter how they have been like launched at you, like we have all heard like positive and negative things about ourselves, about the things that we do, about the person that we are. And you know, hopefully at this point you have developed at least some kind of filtering system to, you know, ignore the unnecessary mm-hmm. and listen to the voices that are trying to help you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important with feedback is to understand what is useful and what isn't. Yes.
0: Because How do you filter that information?
1: You filter that information, I think a couple of ways. So one, um make sure you're giving your work to people that it's either for mm-hmm. or i think sometimes at the very very beginning like maybe before you're writing a novel or something for publication and you're just playing someone that you like intimately trust mm-hmm. because it is so easy to crush somebody
0: so quick quick one on that because it really could have been a it well, it was a pivot point really it was a the first ever short story that I I wrote with the intention of thinking like, oh, let's try writing. Because I wrote stories and things as part of college and um, university and things. So obviously, mm-hmm. like you know, it's part of the syllabus. It's part of the curriculum. Um, but when I was, I think it was 23 or 24, I wrote a story, just a short piece for Writers Magazine. And it was my first real attempt again, like, I'm going to write a short story. And it was uh, a story about my granddad who uh, used to work in the fire brigade until he developed Vertigo. And it was essentially a short snapshot about that and so with that story that a thousand words printed out on paper in my hand I plucked up the courage to show my mother who is my grandfather's daughter <laughs> and I handed it to her thinking like oh this can be like a really sweet moment because I've written about this experience of her granddad and like you know all the writing all that poetry all that sort of romanticism and I handed it to her And I remember this distinctly because we were in a caravan at the time and um she read it went Ooh. and handed it back to me. Hmm. That could have been the end of it. There yeah. were no activated authors. There would be no books published on the shelf. There wouldn't have been anything else. But I, I understand in that moment that maybe she's not the right audience. And I don't mm-hmm. know how I knew that, apart from, you know, things that I've done in the past. But like, I was like, okay, maybe it's not for her. I can yeah. still keep going.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the other point is do not tie your identity up in what others think and that's just that's just a lesson for life
0: Mm
1: -hmm. like but what they think of your writing i've just realized i haven't finished the other point but what they think of your writing (laughs) does not reflect on your potential as a writer Mm -hmm. um like don't tie don't tie your future Like career up with one person's opinion of what where you're currently at in a first draft or whatever because like you you, we'd never get anything done um so back to the thing you asked me how do you know so make sure you first of all you're giving it to like the right people Mm -hmm. um and then the easiest way to say it is a human knows how to communicate something in a way that is not going to devastate. So (laughs) if someone, if someone like gives you feedback, like this character's fucking shit, don't listen to them. It has no merit. Mm -hmm. If someone says, I really don't like this character and here's why. That's, that's, that is criticism that you could take on board. Constructive criticism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the same goes the other way. If someone's like, I love everything about it, full stop, the end.
0: That's pointless.
1: That's nice, but it's fucking, it's it's not helpful
0: at mm-hmm. all. Because, it's an ego boost, but it does nothing to help. Yeah,
1: because, like, nothing is ever perfect. Mm-mm. Um, But there are some people, perhaps, that are going to read it and either not know how to broach the little bits that they didn't like or not pick up on things, maybe um that other people have but there's still a way they could be like right okay I love everything about it here's the 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 parts in particular that I enjoyed and here's why yeah helpful because even though they're not giving you anything that you could necessarily improve on in a I I wasn't a fan of this you're at least seeing through their eyes the bits that really worked Mm -hmm. for them and you can use that in your future works, okay, they they like this, so I can deconstruct that, and you know, and that. So, yeah. just first of all, give it to the right people. Um, and secondly, just you use your gut. Honestly, like if someone is being either a sycophant or a psychopath, ignore what they're saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, accept everything. I think that's one of the, the no. things that even even editors. When you give your book to an editor and they'll go through and they'll make notes and stuff. We have to remember it's an opinion.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: an informed, educated opinion, and you should pay attention to the things that they're saying.
1: Absolutely. But
0: it's your book. So you don't have to implement everything they're saying. And this is something I've I've done with quite a lot of coaching clients is we've worked through the feedback and then the author has gone, okay, they've said this, but I don't quite disagree with this because this was intentional in order to make this point. And it's like, well, what are you going to do with that information? Because what you're being told in this moment is from one person, this isn't working in the way that you wanted it to. to. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, it's your book. So if you feel like it's valuable, go for it. My advice in that situation either take that snapshot and give it to more people to get mm-hmm. more information. Because again, as you said, like one person's opinion isn't the be all and end all. It's a
1: singular in- data point.
0: Yeah. And the more information you can get, the better. Because if you're intending to give your book to lots and lots of people, let's say, you know, really optimistically, you get it out top chart smash bestseller 100,000 200,000 500,000 people those 20 people that you've given it to beforehand are going to help to inform that and so it doesn't matter if you've given like the amount of stories that I give away for free to my beta readers because I know how valuable it is that they Mm -hmm. give me that feedback because although I've lost their sales in the sense of like I know they're going to buy the book but obviously I'm giving it to them for free
1: Mm -hmm. it's a
0: stronger book so when people do get it it does what I intended it to do
1: absolutely yeah and the thing is is that we as humans have ego mm-hmm. and pride. And I always find, much to my chagrin, Good work. <laughs> that, nice. thank you. That when somebody says something to me and it hurts, not because they have delivered an insult. Or because who it is that's saying it, but hurts because I fucking know it's true. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, I have to work on that. Or when I look at a couple of things, all of which I want to do, I'm like, right, which one scares me? That one, right? I guess that's what we're doing next. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy to like become attached. People call it like, "It's my baby," like. <laughs> Liz Gilbert says like don't call it your baby because like you're a horrible parent <laughs> you're selling your baby <laughs> like stop it yeah. stop calling it your baby and the problem is as well is that you become then too invested in it and you can't see how it could improve because it's your child and your child is perfect
0: well it's uh, stages isn't it you've got to baby bird that baby like yeah that first draft sure maybe it can be a baby but you've got to boot it out of the nest yeah <laughs>
1: and then sell it traffic hit
0: a pigeon <laughs> i don't
1: <laughs> um and there's i'm sure i have said this before cuz it's one of my it's one of my favorite things that i learned um as training as an actor is there's always at least one person that has a reason an excuse or something for every single note the director gives them
0: uh, yeah helly <laughs> yeah.
1: number one please don't be that person number two what what i learned is shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and take the note mm-hmm. you don't have to agree with it just listen so when you are first getting that feedback whether someone is verbally telling you or you are reading it in a document do not respond to that person in a way that is like uh, responding to their feedback nod smile if you can manage it um or just Read through without stopping and like you know, whatever. Just go through it mm-hmm. and like take the take the hit on the chin and listen. Yeah. Then process, and then you can look at it more reasonably because we all have our ego attached to anything mm. that we create.
0: Of course we do. That's why we make art, right? Because we think we're good enough to share it.
1: Exactly. I know I'm good enough to share it. I don't know what you talk about I'm thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> some some of our egos are bigger and more fragile than others. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but it is really important to be able to just disconnect your, like, reflex response, your yes. defence response. Because remember, you've asked for this. Mm-hmm. And so if you've asked for this and then you're an asshole to the person that has been kind enough to not only read your book but that and not only give you helpful like feedback which is then going to make you a better writer if you turn around to that person and you're a dick Mm -hmm. they're not going to do that again and you've just lost a very valuable like person in your journey because let me tell you most people will either just not do it or not do it well and not be helpful and it takes time to like get those people together.
0: Like hours. Like a novel is a good seven to fifteen hours of reading.
1: Yeah. And that's if you're just writing like a standard size. Like if you've written like Eye of the World, (laughs) which is like over a thousand pages. Like you know, so just yeah. Remove yourself as much as you can from it. And if you if you struggle that just remove your tongue from the equation. Yeah. And do not respond Just nod and listen.
0: Yeah. And coming back to the um, fixed versus growth mindset side of things, like I definitely have over the years adopted, and I use that word specifically, a growth mindset, which for people who are unfamiliar for any reason, fixed mindset, you basically believe that you are born with what you have, you are given the things you have in life, and therefore you are trapped inside your own circumstances. So I can't paint. I'll never be able to paint. Someone's told me I can't paint. I never will. Growth mindset is... I can't do this right now but I can try to learn and I can give myself the grace to fail so that I can improve and everything that I've done has started with me being like I'm going to give this a go and so when it comes to writing my and and, and getting feedback my whole view is literally like I I don't argue with the editor like you like you say like they're giving me information points like you will never win it's not your job to argue with an editor to argue with someone giving feedback um but saying that and being fully transparent i still do not enjoy the first moment when you get the feedback and this is
1: i a fucking like masochist.
0: no and like obviously I've, I've done a lot to work on my mindset and stuff but there's always that initial reaction when an editor sends stuff back through and you're reading through their comments and you just go you're wrong Mm-hmm. you're wrong no no you're wrong it was all intentional mm-hmm. you're wrong and a perfect example of this is the book that I mentioned earlier that I'm putting up for pre-order um hopefully today potentially tomorrow um when I gave that to people uh, I did get quite a bit of negative feedback and the reason is and this isn't sort of this disc- disclaimer side, side of stuff um and something else that is definitely worth noting whatever you're writing know what the intention of the piece is
1: mm-hmm.
0: know what it is you want to achieve Know who you're giving it to, coming back to giving it to the right reader, because the story that I've written is essentially Alice in Wonderland as told by H.P. Lovecraft. And so it's the one wonderful... without
1: the racism and sexism.
0: Without the racism, well, well, fine, I'll have to edit that. Um, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> no racism, no sexism. Um, but the it's the story that everyone's familiar with of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, but it's got a lot of Lovecraftian elements, elder gods, horror stuff, and Digitales. Yeah. And I've specifically written it in the style of 1920s Lovecraft. So it is quite dense. It is quite purple. It is very much meant to feel like you're reading Lovecraft and not therefore typically my own writing. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: the readers I gave this to, there was a real mix of opinion, because obviously people who are on my list love things like When Winter Comes and Sins of Smoke and Mark of the Damned and stuff that is my voice. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a specific effort to emulate someone for the purposes of it going on the podcast. And so some people didn't like it and didn't get on with it. And God bless them. They told me so in the nicest way possible. They were like, I couldn't get past the first chapter. It's just not for me. And I'm like, OK, that's fair. Like, I know this is going to divide some people. Uh, some people were like, I absolutely love this. Very different to your usual stuff, but I really loved it. And so me being me and knowing what I want to do with that piece, it gives me a bit of, for want of a better word, armour in being able to sort out the feedback that's useful versus the feedback that's not. And obviously, like, if it's not hitting certain readers because it doesn't sound like me, that's a reason I can get on board with. And I've assured them that I have more of my voice stuff coming out soon. Um, But again, it's, you know, you you couple the purpose with just allowing yourself to hear that feedback. Um, As you said, giving it to the right people making sure that it's not just going to mum. <laughs> but, you know, people that read that genre, people that love that genre. And so uh, one more thing I want to say before going on to uh, another point that I do have <laughs> is um, something to be very, very, very aware of early on in your writing. And this is very much to do with feedback and editing is knowing the difference between uh, between writing and storytelling.
1: And mm-hmm.
0: I've said this oh, many times on this podcast readers will forgive bad writing if you have an amazing story yeah you won't forgive a bad story if you've written it amazingly so what that essentially means is as long as the abstract core idea of what your story is resonates with the reader as long as you have characters that are compelling a world that people love as long as there's enough tension and conflict and drive in the story to get people from point a to point c i mean it could be an indefinite letter um
1: Oh, I just thought it was cute because it's a beginning, middle and end.
0: <laughs> but as long as you've got those core elements, that really, for me, that is the heart of what I'm after. Like writing can be edited, writing can be shifted, writing can be manipulated. So maybe you're not the grammatically the best writer. Maybe you're, you're not using all the big words. But if you've got a story that's amazing, and that really, when, I, when I'm giving people's first drafts of things, early works and stuff, like I'm collaborating with a few people at the minute and I'm getting early drafts, I'm looking for the heart of this story. I'm looking for the heart of what is being told in that book the message, the principles, what what it is that creates this abstract thing that outside of words is what the reader is going to remember.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We get very bogged down early on in the writing. And arguably, I think, you know, there's a place for that because you want to improve how you're communicating your story. But know that criticism on your writing isn't necessarily going to help your story and vice versa. And when I'm looking for feedback, what I generally say to people is I want to know which parts of the story work. Yeah. Where you were gripped, where you put it down. The things I don't that
1: care you, about typos.
0: <laughs> no, if you find a few typos, send them over. But that's really not my biggest concern. My biggest concern is, do you love the world that I'm creating? Yeah. And that's, that's huge. And that's something that's probably a bit more difficult to master than the actual practicalities of, oh, I've missed a, a comma or i put in an end dash or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there really are two two big differences to, or two lenses you can look at your writing. I think storytelling comes first. Mm. I think writing comes in the final edits um it's Agreed. it's in conversations with uh, Luke Condor where you know the first draft is messy the second draft is you perfecting the story and it's in the final edits that you then sprinkle in all the magic and the poetry and all that, that kind of stuff because at that point the story is solid and so you're just shaping how you're communicating that to the reader
1: yeah I love that yeah
0: yeah so the last thing I want to kind of touch on is how do you find the right people to give you feedback You know, where do you begin to try and get those people in your corner? Because, again, it's a big problem that I hear from a lot of early authors is, as we said at the beginning, it's very emotional. It's very vulnerable. How do I cross that line to give people my writing to begin accruing feedback?
1: Well, I mean, there's a couple of ways. Number one, uh, if you head on over to activatedauthors.com. I wasn't even angling for that, but yeah, it works. There is a, a free Discord community. Um, where you can ask people um if they would be willing to like swap with you, and we have um, specific
0: genre channels as well for people, yeah, so exactly so.
1: Um, or if you've just got a smaller section that you you want to, you know you could you can ask it and throw it up and and then mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I mean, really, all kind of um self- pimp aside, finding um a community. Of like-minded people um hopefully people that um are at a similar place in their journey um and also that are writing in or around your genre Mm -hmm. um and I know that sounds like a tall order because when I first started thinking about it I was like how the fuck do you do that well I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper the secret are you ready (laughs) Google Did you hear it? Mm -hmm. It's Google, right? Because if you type it into Google, (laughs) it will come up with options. There are so many writing groups. There are so many writing communities. There are specific services um, where like you go and uh, Kiz was talking about one, right? Where like you enter and it is specifically for getting critique. Um, And the way it's set up is that you have to critique and read a couple of stories before you can even submit your own. So, you know, that when you put yours out there, people are actually going to be reading it. Um, they're, they're honestly, it feels because it's like a brand new thing. It feels like a uncharted territory, but it isn't mm-hmm. like, it's lousy with with like communities and, um, like editors and people that will help. So honest to God, just go to Google Mm-hmm if you don't know where to start, I mean, again, great tip for life. Um, Don't ask me because I'm just going to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) But like genuinely, if, you know, if you're looking for more like one-on-one, you could find book coaches Mm -hmm. that will help you. Yes. Like obviously if you have that budget, because you know, it's not cheap. If you're looking for just to dip your toe into a community Go to Google. There's loads of them. Like Facebook has lots of them. Just what I would say with all of this, which is really important, is do your due diligence. Yeah. Like you don't want to be as a brand new writer, I wouldn't recommend jumping into something like um twenty books to fifty K because it's a very intimidating Facebook group. People are telling you a lot and loudly about how much money they've made on how many books and things. Yeah. And when you're I think first... it depends on,
0: on your goal, if that's what you're after, then well yeah, it's sure. Well,
1: yeah. But like if you're just starting out and you're looking for people to help you on your journey of words on that very first thing going to a really big place Mm. with lots of people that are incredibly successful and you know a lot of you can find a lot of communities are more um like i community is a word um that is loosely applied to some of these places because a lot of them are people wanting to tell you about themselves. Like It's like they've opened the door and gone, I'm amazing. And then they shut the door yeah. and then they'll come back out again and be like, this is why. And then they're gone again. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, do your due diligence, hang around, do a little lurk um, yeah. and just kind of see what the vibe is. And does it take time? Yeah. But is it worth it? Absolutely. If you're serious about, like, wanting to improve your writing, your storytelling, your connections, your friends, it's it's kind of the only way to go, really, because you need to surround yourself with people the best you can, whether that's virtually or in person, that understands what it is you're going through and can, like, help and guide you, as then you can, in return, help and guide them or other people. Yeah. Two places and resources that can help like at the end of the day we are creatives and at the heart of that is wanting to like share wanting to tell stories whether like through whatever medium obviously this podcast is specifically about writing so we're wanting to share stories through novels or poems or short stories whatever that is so like embrace that legacy and share and like help others to do the same and you'll find that by being like that you will find a place for yourself and you'll be welcomed there because it you know we said this I think on the first podcast storytelling goes back to the dawn of humanity and we're just carrying that tradition on Mm -hmm. with like the resources and knowledge and everything and language that we have today, and there's something beautiful about that, and while we might not be saving lives in the strictest of sense, we're certainly like giving people reasons to live because what is world the world without art
0: mm-hmm. I've got a, a lot. very yeah. <laughs> very high concept there yeah but um, yeah. yeah, I mean just a couple of points to round off, like, I agree with everything you said, a couple of additional points. You are already a writer. Yep. bouncing off the back of the storyteller side of things when handing over your work for feedback know that you're not asking for permission to be a writer
1: mm-hmm. you mm-hmm.
0: already are a writer and yeah. to be a writer is to practice it is a lifelong practice like I never sit here and accept that I know all the things and even though I'm currently writing a book on how to write a book even in the book I'm like there's still shit tons that I don't know but here's what I do know and hopefully that's helpful. So really like if you've chosen to write or to experiment with this you're already a writer like it doesn't matter if you're a great writer or a poor writer you are a writer and a writer practices the process of writing that's flat out as simple as it is um when looking for feedback for people uh just a small note to be aware of there's a difference in giving your work to readers versus writers absolutely so if you're going to uh writing critique groups and all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. It's very useful. Know that obviously writers, we look behind the curtains and we study what's under the bonnet of the car. We look for the girlfriend's pockets. <laughs> uh, readers, <laughs> readers watch car go boom and just drive by. So they just want the car to look pretty when it's driving. So get a mix
1: those
0: get a mix of both of those. It will benefit you greatly. Um and the other thing is just in the sense of building up a team of beta readers. Mm -hmm. At any stage, I might add, like, even if you're new to writing, you can still get beta readers because there'll be people out there enthralled by the opportunity to be able to help a writer publish work. Mm -hmm. Um, My process with beta readers, as with writing, as with everything else, it's constantly evolving. It's iterative. Every time I release a new book, I put a call out for my mailing list for new readers. Maybe you don't have a mailing list yet, but there are ways to build those that we can do in a separate episode. Um, But I generally will get give my book to about 40 to 50 different people, knowing that I'll probably get about 15 to 20 people return. The people that don't reply, I then remove from my list. And the next call out, I make a note of the people not to add. And I add the people that are giving me that good feedback. So again, like it's a never-ending process of trimming those that aren't doing what they say they're going to do, finding people to give the useful feedback, mm-hmm. uh, particularly creating a rapport with people who know my work and what I do. Um, it's a slow process, like you know, I've been in this nearly ten years, and again, it's still growing. It's still a thing that I work on um but beta readers is a great place to start, and I'll probably I'll put a couple of small resources down in the uh, show notes so that people can go to certain places to find out more about this. but I will say as a starting point, and again, not just because you pimped it out, but activated authors mm-hmm. it's it's free. you can jump in, get involved in the conversations, no one's there to judge you um as we said at the beginning of this episode, everything that we're building in Activated Authors is based off of us as people and the values that we hold. And so anything you see on the podcast, this is who we are. This is how we are inside the group. And if you are listening to this and you're finding lots of value, then give it a try. It's free. You're not going to lose out on anything.
1: Sorry, I was just laughing because you said we're the same. and I was, I was just thinking about how many uh, sprints and things I, just, I end up rambling monologues and uh like innuendos (laughs) exactly like on this podcast yeah
0: (laughs) um so we'll cap it off there uh i'm not sure if you guys can hear the dogs but apparently i can hear them apparently they
1: can hear them
0: someone's pulled up on the driveway um fuck them Uh, (laughs) and so uh yeah we'll say feedback is a very very powerful thing and it's something that you cannot get better at you cannot get better with your writing if you don't get feedback from multiple different sources uh it's hard to try and find the right people but you can find the right people and there are a million resources out there to do so so uh if you have any questions jump on over into discord let us know
1: mm-hmm. and
0: just a reminder of this week's word sam titty nope. titty nope so if you can somehow incorporate titty nope into your lexicon for this week and i would stress bonus points for people who can put it in a sentence so that don't get questioned on what Titty yes. note means.
1: Absolutely. Which
0: I don't have high hopes for, for me. Uh, no. <laughs> judging by the people that I'll be saying it around. Yeah.
1: I know. I, I, can, I can see them. I can we can't say it absolutely. to each other,
0: Sam. That's cheating. <laughs> Just putting it out there.
1: Yeah. That is cheating, yeah.
0: Yeah, this week's weather the week is Titty Note. Uh, let us know how you get on in Discord, uh, on all the social medias. Just tag us at Activated Authors. Use hashtag Activated Authors as well. Um, and, uh, just a final reminder to jump into the Discord community or download any of our free resources from activatedauthors.com. Oh, so, there's nothing else to say other than a massive thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We appreciate you and the time you choose to spend with us each and every week. And as always, if you're looking to level up your writing and activate your author career, head over to
1: activatedauthors.com forward slash join
0: to find out all about our community, our resources, and everything else we've got going on. One more time from myself and from Sam. We will see you next week
1: good bye
0: bye bye activate your energy thanks for listening to the activated authors podcast if you're ready to unlock your true potential and activate your author career then head on over to www.activatedauthors.com to find out more